Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We usually stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays at DocWashburnShow.com. So usually, minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at DocWashburnShow.com. This is the 91st episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Saturday, February 19th, 2022. Coming up in just a minute, why on earth am I doing a live stream after 2 a.m. Eastern? But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashmanshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, since I'm running for governor, if you like to support that, the website is electdocwashburn.com. And who knows, by the time you hear this podcast, the donate button might actually work. All right, so why am I doing this after 2 a.m. Eastern Saturday morning instead of the regular time? Noon Eastern on Friday. Well, here's the deal. I've been running for governor of Arkansas, Republican nomination now, for less than two weeks. And I was told there was a group of people in Murfreesboro, Arkansas, that wanted me to meet them for lunch Friday so they could contribute to the campaign. And so I did, and they did. And so I couldn't be... Two places at once. And Murfreesboro, from Little Rock to Murfreesboro and back, is like a a three-and-a-half-hour round trip. And (laughs) I feel like sometimes I've been drinking water from a fire hose for the last couple of weeks. But when I got back to Little Rock, I had to go to the bank and ask them to help me figure out why the donate button on the website wasn't working. And lo and behold, I was using the wrong username. Simple, simple operator error. So I went back and I tried to plug into the app and they wanted things, well, that I didn't have. I had to go back to the bank, had to go back home, do the app again. And when I finally went through all the stuff they asked for, then they're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if we can uh, do this. Usually it takes zero to two business days, but it might take seven. I'm like, okay, I, I, I can't do this. So I had to switch to a different app. And I've had a lot of people reaching out to me. And our campaign, private message on Facebook and that sort of thing. And asking, hey, uh, would you mind coming and speaking to our group on this date? And so I also had to figure out how to do an online calendar for the first time 
in my life this evening. So, it's just been one thing after another. And oh my goodness, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. Because I didn't even announce on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere that I was going to be doing the show in the middle of the night. Because I didn't get it done at the regular time on Friday. And here is Janie W. sharing the live show. God bless you, my dear. God bless you. Um, so anyway, the response we have gotten in terms of financial financial uh, contributions to Doc Washburn for governor has been amazing, especially considering the fact that as I record this at 1.30 a.m. Central Saturday morning, the donate button still is not operational. Now, it may be by the time you hear this Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, but the financial response we have gotten from people just handing us checks and cash, and, of course, we keep track of everything. You know, the reports will be fine because you have to report every so often. The response we have gotten has been amazing because um, we've gotten so many messages. We've gotten so many um, emails from people saying, how can I give online? And, you know, we're, we're trying to get it set up. We're trying to get it set up. Now, speaking of the campaign, the television stations in Little Rock are starting to notice that I'm actually running for governor. So we appreciate being mentioned. Um, I also, also spoke with a reporter talk business and politics who's been trying to get a hold of me for the longest and uh, you know I was deeply apologetic for taking so long to get back with him um, but we'll see how that turns out gentleman named uh, Steve Bronner who writes for um, Roby Brock's talk business and politics and he also apparently is a syndicated uh, editorial columnist all over the state of Arkansas. So he let me know, uh, you know, going into it, he was very fair, said, okay, I'm going to do this um, basically factual article based on my phone interview with you for Talk Business and Politics, Roby Brock's outfit. But then I also do an op-ed, you know, an editorial that will run all over the state. And I said, yeah, we can do that. Just, that's fine. And he had done an article earlier this week, and he said, "Sorry, I had to, you know, I had to go ahead and get an article out there. You know, I hadn't heard back from you." I said, "No, you, you did a fair job. That's not a problem. Not a problem." So anyway, uh, you know, I like talking to the journalists and stuff. Now, one of the things I have noticed the evolution of Sarah Huckabee Sanders social media presence, okay? I mean, my phone started ringing after she endorsed John Bozeman for re-election as U.S. Senator and especially French Hill for re-election of US, 
to the United States House of Representatives from Central Arkansas. She got hundreds of negative responses on both of them, 99% negative. I'm not exaggerating. No, this is not hyperbole. I don't mean 80% negative. I don't mean 85% negative. I don't mean 90% negative. I don't mean 95% negative, 99% negative. And, of course, no response. No response because, you know, got $13 million. She's going to be governor, right? So that's when I, my, my, my phone started ringing. And I've always told people, nope, I'm not going to run for, for, for office. you got the wrong person over the years. But when someone tells you, look, you don't understand, we're about to lose our country and we need people like you running for office and you need to at least talk to your wife and pray about it. And that changed everything. And that changed everything. And people started responding to Sarah Huckabee Sanders' Facebook posts saying, I'm done with you, I'm voting for Doc Washburn. And I didn't ask anybody to do it. It's just been kind of an organic thing that has grown. And so then she had a Facebook post about um, meeting with top educators in Arkansas. I mean, probably all of whom would be liberals, right? And so people asked a lot of questions. And she, or someone with her campaign, authorized their team, Team Sarah, to answer a couple of questions about, uh, I think, mass mandates, vaccine mandates, and critical race theory. And she had proof from, like, last summer that she had mentioned that she was against each of these things. But, I mean, nobody in Arkansas, I don't think, knew because it's like, well, last July... I said I'm against mass mandates on Fox. And last July, I tweeted out on Twitter that I'm against the uh, critical race theory. Oh, okay. And what people were wondering was why you couldn't say these things here in the last few months when people would see you public appearances, why you refuse to answer any questions. So, anyway, now, a friend of mine showed me that now they're really tightening up on Tara Huckabee Sanders' Facebook page because a friend of mine tried to post something and um, the acceptance of his comment, his response to Sarah's post was pending. So apparently they're really screening. And, and yet I'm looking, I'm looking at her most recent post and I'm seeing people posting the uh, link to my website, electdocwashburn.com. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. Look, here's the deal. My understanding is that Sarah has $13 million in the bank. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of money. I don't even have 1% of that yet. But what I certainly do have 
is a lot of conservative groups in this state who are excited about my candidacy and want me to come talk to them, and I'm going to talk to as many of them as I can, unlike Sarah, who continues to turn down conservative groups. So I'm confident if I can get my message to enough people who plan to vote in the Republican primary for governor May 24th, I'll beat Sarah. I will be the nominee, and I'll be the next governor. It's just a matter of getting the word out to enough people, because when you tell people, you know, most people, when I post it on social media, that I'm running, we're like really excited. Every once in a while, you say, you you, you see a comment from somebody saying, well, gee, I, I thought Sarah was running. And then when you say, Right, but she's endorsing people who have stabbed her boss, her old boss, Donald Trump, in the back. People like John Bozeman, who said that Trump is at least partially responsible for the violence at the Capitol on January 6th. And French Hill, who said Trump's claim that a landslide election was overturned was a fiction and a fallacy, who said Trump's rhetoric leading up to January 6th was unforgivable, who said he was honored to vote to keep Liz Cheney in Republican House leadership because she's such an outstanding conservative who voted for Nancy Pelosi's January 6th commission, who voted for $400 million to the CDC so they can keep track of the vaccination status of everybody in America in real time. We tell people that. We tell people that Governor Asa Hutchinson endorsed Sarah, and Sarah said, What a great job he has been doing. Then all of a sudden, people are like, Oh, gee, I, I didn't know all that. When you ask people, Yeah, do you think uh, Asa did a good job when he wanted to force five year olds to wear masks? Uh, no. Did he get, do a good job when he vetoed the bill that would have made it against the law to sterilize children? Uh, no. Did he do a good job in 2020 with the lockdowns and the putting small businesses out of business and sending a, out the uh, investigators from the health department to harass small businesses, but not... Walmart, Sam's Club, Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, Kroger. Well, no. No, that wasn't good at all. Okay. But Sarah says he's done a great job. Oh. Okay. Well, let's... I mean... So that gets people's attention. If I can get my message out to enough people, I will beat Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the Republican primary. And I'll be the next governor. So what do you stand for, Doc? What, what, do you, what do you want to get done? Well, let me share with you. And then we'll get on to the regular stuff in the podcast. I'll fight to stop the liberal domination of our public schools and universities. I'll fight for real tax reform. Let's stop the bait-and-switch tax policy of the, of the last eight years. I'm committed to a complete conservative makeover of all state agencies. 
We believe in individual liberty and freedom. It's about time our state government reflects our values. I'm committed to real school choice for all parents and students, not just enough to keep education special interests happy. I'm committed to making Arkansas a genuine open carry state and ending the confusion over our gun rights once and for all. I'm committed to making Arkansas a real pro-life state. I'm committed to a parole and correction policy that focuses on keeping violent criminals incarcerated and immediately reincarcerating parole absconders of violent crimes. I'm committed to the complete overhaul of our child services divisions to ensure good parents' rights aren't violated and children are protected from threatening environments and overzealous child services. I'll focus on the true role of government by ensuring the integrity of our levees, bridges, and other infrastructure instead of mask and vaccine mandates. I'll fight for transparency in medical buildings so the patient can shop for the best value in medical treatment. I'll fight for pension fund stabilization by bringing transparency regarding the true financial health of all state-funded public pensions and making them solvent. I'll fire the director of the Arkansas Department of Health and the Arkansas Surgeon General and replace them with competent medical professionals who will encourage Arkansas hospitals and doctors to actually treat people who catch COVID-19. And last but not least, our veterans are not being taken care of. They deserve so much better. I'll roll out a specific plan for how to improve the quality of life for our veterans and their families. This is my message from Arkansas. And if I can get it out to enough people, They'll vote for me over Sarah in the, in the Republican primary. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. So the way to do that, obviously, well, it takes money to advertise. And I appreciate each and every one of you who goes to electdocwashburn.com to help us. I appreciate that very much. Look, I also appreciate... Our advertisers. And let me just say, the views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show don't necessarily reflect those of the advertisers. But we love love them and they love us. Now, if you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are in the continental United States. Red River Your Way makes it easy. The car buying experience is as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way. If you have any questions, Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options that you have full control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. 
Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be so glad you did. All right, we talk about freedom. We talk about liberty. Here on the Doc Washburn Show. And I got to tell you, we got to push back against Washington. So let me put it this way. Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of those questions, there's a website you need to go to. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, and then that wonderful big red button that says schedule call now. You click that button, you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn, who will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he will also make sure that your personalized health coverage makes sure you aren't forced to cover things like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs like some of those Obamacare plans do. Again, the website is MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No co-pays. Click the red button. Schedule a call now. Book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. You'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right. That having been said. You know what? I don't remember. I don't remember if I did this Thursday. So let me do. Let me do two of these today to make up because I might have missed one Thursday. And and and, and you got to do the right thing. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show tweet of the day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. The big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or your SUV of your choice and have it delivered to your front door. So, tweet of the day. And this is from a guy... Um, Call himself Big Fish 3000. And he says, This is the person the United States is sending to resolve the Ukraine issue. Here she is. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities. Painfully stupid. Painfully stupid. 
and they and they sent her to the, uh, to to resolve the situation in the Ukraine. Here's here's another one. We're in the middle of a crisis caused by this pandemic that is a public health crisis. Um, we're looking at over 220 million Americans who just in the last several months died. That's impossible. But she is that stupid. She is that stupid. Let's do another one. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. The Secretary of State was also very clear yesterday about the fact that we believe that Russia is positioned to attack Ukraine. Uh, they, of course, uh, could change their minds uh, or they could uh, decide not to. And we are going to remain, keep the door to diplomacy open. Uh, as Wait a minute. They could change their minds or decide not to? Hmm, interesting. As, as we should. Um, but again, there's no new assessment beyond what the Secretary of State said yesterday, which was quite forward-leaning, uh, as I think you would all agree. Go ahead. Oh, it was forward-leaning. Oh, okay. But I didn't realize we had a Secretary of State who said things that were forward-leaning. Yeah, so Kamala and Jen Psaki have a lot in common there. Anyway, that is our first tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice, and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. All right. Let's look at some things here. Let's look at some things here. The great Zoe Tillman, senior reporter of BuzzFeed News. I'm kidding. I'm not too crazy about BuzzFeed. She has the news from from, uh, Friday afternoon. A judge rules Donald Trump must face some of the claims seeking to hold him civilly liable for January 6th. Don Jr. and Rudy Giuliani and probably Mo Brooks, congressman from Alabama, are out of the cases. Oath Keepers and Proud Boys leader Enrique Enrique Terrio stay in. More to come. Then she says Donald Trump loses his bid to get lawsuits tossed out that seek to hold him liable for conspiring to disrupt Congress and the peaceful transfer of power January 6th. No absolute immunity and no First Amendment protection, the judge ruled. Oh, boy. Wait until discovery. Can I make a prediction? I mean, this is just you and me talking. I'm no lawyer, but I, 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 got, I got an idea. When Trump's lawyers start doing discovery on the other side, I think uh, the other side is going to drop the lawsuits. Oh, yeah. Because it was a setup by the feds. So, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I'm telling you, I just think they're biting off more than they can chew. You know? That's what I think. Oh, we got more people listening at almost 2 a.m. Central. This is amazing. This is remarkable. 
Okay, let's see. What it, um, Janie W. says, LOL, Doc, God bless you too. Thank you. Hi, gang. I'm not the only night owl. Uh, Terry says, I was trying to make sure I wasn't dreaming. Man, I wish I could play some music. Remember Jermaine Jackson? Tell me I'm not dreaming. No, that's before y'all's time. Um, Janie says, isn't it odd that Biden doesn't know, know his own mind, but somehow knows what Putin will do? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to uh, invade the Ukraine on the 15th. Well, now he's definitely going to invade on the 16th. Let's make it the 17th. Let's make it the 18th. You know, when I was about two or three years old, my dad told me the story of the little boy that cried wolf. What about the Dementia Joe that cried wolf? Oh! Uh, Janie says, I think it was Russia's press secretary asked us when they were attacking so Jim Psaki could schedule her vacation. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is absolutely great. Now, oh, Biden desperately, desperately wants Russia to attack Ukraine. I think he wants it a lot worse than Vladimir Putin does. Somebody somebody pointed out the other day on, on Twitter that if Russia was actually planning on invading Ukraine, they would have had their propaganda media kind of getting everybody charged up about what a great idea it was, and they haven't been doing it. So Biden wants it, but I don't think uh, I don't think Putin's gonna play along. Have you noticed what's going on in Canada? How the cops up there in Ottawa are acting like stormtroopers, acting like Nazis, beating people up, running over people. Have you noticed that? I'm looking at a video right now. Canada security in Blue Mountain, Ontario, assaults a man in front of his wife and children for not wearing a medical mask despite being exempt. This is the result of the mandates created by some governments to oppress honest people. It says including Italy. I guess that's going on in Italy too. And there's a response from somebody else saying, imagine getting assaulted for not wearing a mask that doesn't even prevent you from catching COVID. Thanks, liberals. Hashtag Trudeau tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. Ottawa police announced. Demonstrators, you must leave. You must cease further unlawful activity and immediately remove your vehicle and or property from all unlawful protest sites. Anyone within the unlawful protest site may be arrested. And the journalist Glenn Greenwald says, how can it be unlawful to protest at sites? Obviously, certain conduct... Undertaken in advance of a protest, violence, obstruction, intimidation can be unlawful. But how can protest itself be deemed inherently unlawful as is being done here? Well, again, it's because Trudeau is a dictator. That's what's up. Trudeau is a dictator. So Kyle Cheney, 
senior legal affairs reporter for Politico, says in a remarkable 112-page ruling, Judge Mehta said Trump essentially entered into a tacit agreement with the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, sending a rally crowd he knew included violent elements to the Capitol. The great Julie Kelly, American Greatness, amgreatness.com, says, how can Judge Mehta fairly preside over the Oath Keepers trials when he makes such prejudicial statements in advance? There's no justice in the nation's capital. These judges are as biased as your average CNN talking head. And she says, just outrageous conjecture here. Walked in as if they were invited guests. Hey, Judge Mehta, it's a public building owned by the people. Well, corruption, corruption, corruption. Okay, I got to go to Christina Peshaw. She is the press secretary for the greatest governor in America right now, Ron DeSantis. Um, I, I should be so blessed to have a press secretary as good as Christina Peshaw. She says, lockdowners insist that the majority of Americans support mass mandates. But in Miami, a diverse city with majority Democrat voters, Hardly anyone is wearing a mask unless it's required for their job, like service workers or drivers. When people have a choice, they breathe free. Seriously, even in Uber, where masks are ostensibly required, they don't enforce it. Not that I'm complaining, of course. It's just funny to see how disconnected the pandemic's pundits are from reality. How about that? You ever think about that? Miami... Predominantly Democrat, nobody's wearing a mask. The great Jesse Kelly, talk show host out of Houston, says the era of cowardice. The cop or general who wouldn't take a pension to do, who wouldn't risk a pension to do what's right. The female swimmer who wouldn't risk a scholarship to do what's right. The doctor who wouldn't defy the FDA to do what's right. The athlete who would risk and who would not risk an endorsement to do what's right. And then he has a picture of a team of female athletes all kneeling for the national anthem except one who's standing up with her hand over her heart. He says, I don't even know who this girl is. Don't know anything about her. But I think about this picture a lot. I admire her so much. Man, if we had a country filled with people like this. Yep. That's what's up. That's what's up. Chip Roy. Great congressman from the Lone Star State. Don't mess with Texas. He's on Twitter saying the bright red states of Utah, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and North Carolina send two senators each to Washington, and one each skipped out on a vote to protect Americans from losing their jobs if they don't get a needle. Blame them. And blame 
Senate Minority Leader McConnell. Hashtag defund vax mandates. Amen. Amen. So, I want to share something with you. If I may. And this is kind of ironic. This gentleman is speaking in Cabarrus County, North Carolina at a school board meeting. My first job in radio in 1977 was in Cabarrus County, North Carolina. And that was 45 years ago. And it's a lot different and a lot better there now than it was then. So let me share with you what this young man said. Discrimination resolution, the CRT deal, because it's, it's happening. And as a parent, I speak to other parents. There's a few things that we don't want. CRT stands for critical race theory. I'm biracial. I'm bilingual. I'm multicultural. The fact is, in America, in North Carolina, I can do anything I want. And I teach that to my children. And the person who tells my little pecan color kids that they're somehow oppressed based on the color of their skin would be absolutely wrong and absolutely at war with me. And I think that's the same for every parent. What the mask showed us is that the parents, the most powerful group of people in our country, that they're taking back the wheel. Now, obviously, we had to take the wheel back for the mask, but we're taking the wheel back from Washington all the way to Raleigh and into our local school board because CRT, all of that, the parents don't want it. It's a big fat lie. There's not one belief. If if you believe in CRT, I want to tell you you're a liar because that means you look at your black neighbor and say that they're oppressed and you look at your white neighbor and say that they're evil regardless of the experience that you've had with them. And we're not going to do that. The parents in the United States of America, right here in North Carolina and Cabarrus County, we know that's not true because we believe the lives we live. The fact is, I've been a business owner right here in North Carolina, and I deal with white people, black people, Hispanic people. My children deal with everybody. And the racism is only happening at the government level and on the media. The fact is, you have racists, and there's like... You can't even find them hardly. You just hear the stories about them. But this is this is what we're dealing with. The parents are taking the wheel. I have an eight-year-old daughter who is absolutely dynamic, who can do anything athletically, intellectually, spiritually, and emotionally. She is a dynamo. And I don't want a man swimming against her in the pool. The fact is, I don't want her playing against boys in soccer. I don't even let my sons rough her up. Do you think I'm going to let your son rough her up? This is what we're talking about. Policy going back to the parents. Because if you think people who love America are willing to fight for it, you haven't met parents yet. Because I'm telling you, parents will go further down any street than anyone who loves their country alone. My name is Brian. Wow. I wish they had to cut it off where he's saying his name. Christopher Rufo, the guy who publicized Critical race theory is the guy who tweeted about this. And in his next tweet, he says, there are two competing philosophies right now. One says America is is systemically racist. Sorry, it's late. And your skin color determines your outcomes. Another says America is a land of progress and you can chart your own future through your human agency. Choose one and choose wisely. Again, one says America is systemically racist, 
and your skin color determines your outcomes. The other says America is a land of progress and you can chart your own future through your human agency. Choose one and choose wisely. He also says, I've created the critical race theory briefing book, which includes everything you need to know about critical race theory and how to fight it in your community. Just go to ChristopherRufo.com, Christopher and then R-U-F-O.com. And then he also says, the man speaking is running for state assembly in North Carolina. He's got a website, brianecheveria.com. Brian, with an I, and then E-C-H-E-V-A-R-I-A. Sweet. Yeah, because that guy's, that guy's strong, man. He's sharp. Sharp as a tack. Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give you a little bit more... Uh, Julie Kelly up in here. Okay. I'm going to have to give you a little bit more Julie Kelly up in here. She has a new article out at amgreatness.com. It dropped Thursday evening. Even though it's the middle of the night, Saturday morning, I'm here doing this because I couldn't do the thing Friday at the right time. So here's Julie Kelly, a political prisoner of the Democratic Party. Subtitle, there is one standard of justice for rioters and cops on the side of the Biden regime and another for everybody else. And she says, three months after Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed veteran and Trump supporter was killed by a Capitol Police officer on January 6, 2021, the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division closed its investigation into the fatal shooting. Omitting the name of Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the media, law enforcement officials, and congressional leaders concealed his identity identity for months. The Justice Department concluded Byrd did not violate 18 U.S. Code Section 242 of Federal Criminal Civil rights statute. When he shot Ashley Babbitt at point blank range without warning, barely missing her face around 2.45 p.m. that day. Justice Department said in an April 2021 statement, quoting now, the investigation revealed no evidence to establish beyond reasonable doubt that the officer willfully committed a violation of 18 U.S. Code 242, unquote. Reports later revealed that Byrd had refused to participate in any substantive probe of his conduct on January 6th. Not only did Byrd escape criminal charges or any internal reprimand, he is still employed as head of security for the House of Representatives and heralded as a hero in many quarters, including the national news media. Byrd was cleared not because he was innocent, but because he shot and killed a Trump supporter someone considered a subhuman terrorist by the Biden regime. At the same time, the Civil Rights Division exonerated Byrd of any wrongdoing. The office was investigating a Louisville police officer for allegedly violating the civil rights of a Black Lives Matter protester during riots in that city following the police-involved deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. 
Louisville, Breonna Taylor's hometown, was rocked by nights of violent protests resulting in millions of dollars in damages. Seven people were shot on the evening of May 28, 2020. Rioters vandalized government buildings and looted stores downtown Louisville while attacking officers attempting to restore order. One of those officers was Corey Evans, a member of the Louisville Police Department, a former Army Special Forces operative with a tour in Afghanistan. Officer Evans was part of the department's special response team to deal with large crowds or political protests, which include the Black Lives Matter riots over Memorial Day weekend 2020. In June 2021, the same Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Department of Justice that cleared Officer Michael Byrd for killing Ashley Babbitt charged Corey Evans with one count of violating the civil rights of a violent Black Lives Matter activist. Following two nights of looting and destruction, Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher imposed a dust-to-dawn citywide curfew to curb the violence. In December 2020, Fisher declared racism a public health crisis. Here's how federal prosecutors described the scene in Louisville as Black Lives Matter rioters attempted to tear down the city. Quote, Officers were at times struck with objects thrown by civilians. Civilians engaged in vandalism and other acts of property damage, including attempting to set fire to the state courthouse. Of course, the siege of the city was far worse than the Justice Department described it. Rioters refused to retreat, so Officer Evans and his team were dispatched to downtown Louisville to enforce the curfew. Late in the evening of May 30th, the fourth night of unrest, Evans and his team followed a group of protesters violating curfew. A man only identified as MC and federal charging documents was part of the mob. Police ordered the rioters to get down on the ground, at which point MC allegedly submitted to the commands. He was arrested for rioting in the first degree, unlawful assembly, and breaking curfew. In the course of MC's arrest, prosecutors claim Evans struck the rioter on the back of the skull with a riot stick, causing him to bleed from the head. The blow, according to the government, required three staples in MC's head and led to hearing loss for a week and other related health problems. MC, who is white filed a complaint with the department one week after his arrest. An internal investigation to prove Evans actually hit MC was inconclusive based on body camera footage. Evans' camera was not operating that night and largely revolved around hearsay. But Joe Biden's newly configured Justice Department, which included the appointment of Kristen Clark, who has a history of racist comments as head of the Civil Rights Division, took over the investigation and subsequently charged Evans with, quote, depriving MC of his constitutional right to be free from unreasonable force by a law enforcement officer, unquote. In an interview earlier this week, Evans told me that the account offered by the government is inaccurate. He said several FBI investigators went through all the body cam footage for about 70 riot officers trying to find evidence against me. They found a split second of video I tackled the guy. No one said I hit him. No footage showed he was hit. 
Evans' defense lawyers told him that the powers that be in Washington directed the assistant U.S. attorney in the Western District of Kentucky to make this happen. That's the quote, to make this happen. Investigators threatened to scour past use of force investigations. Evans had 10 complaints filed against him and build a compelling case of systematic brutality before a grand jury that would, quote, put me away forever, unquote. That's what Evans told Julie Kelly. This happened during the trial and sentencing of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who also was charged with violating George Floyd's civil rights. So the father of two young boys accepted the government's offer to plead guilty to the federal civil rights charge in August. The charges against MC, meanwhile, were dropped and his record expunged. In a November sentencing motion, prosecutors asked for a prison sentence of four years for Evans as both punishment and deterrence. Michael A. Bennett, U.S. attorney handling the case, wrote, quote, The specific circumstances of defendant Evans' crime necessitate an adequate sentence of imprisonment. Officers are taught to avoid blows to the head unless involved in a lethal force situation. This is because blows to the head can result in death or serious bodily injury. The victim received staples in his head and lost hearing in his left ear for a week. However, his injuries could have easily been worse or fatal. Our society cannot condone such conduct. Federal law forbids it, unquote. Ashley Babbitt was unavailable for comment. Earlier this month, Judge Rebecca Grady Jennings sentenced Evans to two years in prison and two years probation and ordered him to pay $1,962 in restitution. Wow. Kristen Clark quoted in a statement after the sentence was announced, quote, Former Officer Evans abused his authority by violently retaliating against a surrendering arrestee who had been exercising his First Amendment rights during a demonstration in Louisville during the racial justice demonstrations in the spring of 2020. The Justice Department will continue to hold accountable officers who violate their oath in the Constitution, unquote. Okay, that is not actually the case, but facts and fairness are of no interest to Kristen Clark or any Biden apparatchik. In the double-standard, vengeful, race-baiting world of Biden's Justice Department, prosecutors are dismissing cases against 2020 rioters, arguing for reduced jail sentences for convicted rioters, and charging police officers allegedly involved in civil rights violations during those riots while systematically rounding up hundreds of nonviolent Americans for any participation in the January 6th protests, denying bail to dozens of offenders, and exonerating at least one police officer clearly responsible for depriving a Trump supporter of not just her rights, but her life. Officer Evans, meanwhile, was forced to resign from the police department and is awaiting orders to report to prison. Evans told me, quote, I'm a political prisoner of the Democratic Party, unquote. And that is exactly how the Justice Department wants it. That's Julie Kelly. AMGreatness.com. The article is entitled, A Political Prisoner of the Democratic Party. And that's true. That's true. And you know it's true. 
Wow. Folks, um, I'm going to tell you what somebody told me that turned me around from a person who had said for many years, I'll never run for office to a person who's running for governor of the state of Arkansas. I'll tell you what that person told me. You don't understand. We're about to lose our country. So what are you going to do about it? Well, the most important thing you can do is to pray. That's the most important thing you can do. But in your prayers, ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? So, we may not have a desire for you to run for office, but you can certainly support people who are. I uh, I spoke Thursday evening at the uh, Larry's Pizza in Conway, Arkansas, to a great, great group of conservatives. And um, I got to tell you, it was such an honor, such an honor. But um, I listened to a young lady speak who is running for office. She's running for a position in the state legislature in Arkansas. And she was um, amazing. I mean, she's for lowering your taxes and everything, but she said compared to the fact that we might lose our freedom, what are higher or lower taxes? And I was uh, I was blown away by what she had to say. And I appreciate, you know, being invited to speak at the uh, at the same event. But um, thank you to Kim Slaughter and the Faulkner County Conservatives for allowing me to speak. And thank you to Kim Slaughter, who is running for the new House District 56, for inspiring me. For inspiring me. Now, I was already running for governor. But um, she said the kind of things that would make one um, do some soul searching about, well, what can I do? What can I do to help? Kim Slaughter is in favor of your Second Amendment rights. She's pro-life. She's pro-business, pro-law enforcement, pro-veteran anti-government overreach. 
And she's got a website, kimforhouse.com, K-I-M for house.com. And, you know, I appreciate you contributing to electdocwashburn.com, running for governor, but uh, maybe you could uh, find it in your heart to, uh, to donate something to Kim Slaughter. That's all. I just wanted to say that. Look, we really, 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 really appreciate our advertisers, our sponsors, and I want to mention a, a couple more of them. My buddy Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton. Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer. Founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he sure helped me out when I was in two automobile accidents in 2019. Now, the Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin meant to make sure the mental law firm always works hard for you. So whether you're in a car wreck or on the job or your loved one suffering for the carelessness of another, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you anywhere in the state of Arkansas. So just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, let me see if I can help you. The best kept secret in American healthcare. Let me ask you something. Do you have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo? Do you have blood sugar issues? Okay. Let's try a little experiment. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you tend to lean to one side or the other? The answer to any of these questions is yes. You probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, my neck pain. Here's how it works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. Rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, even problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Preservical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you 
to see if there is a doctor near you. TurnMyPowerOn.com. You will be glad you did. All right. So I've kind of got a double shot here for, for this next thing. Let me, uh, let me play this again. Cause again, I don't remember. I don't know if I did this on Thursday, so I'm giving it to him twice on the Friday, Saturday edition. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way is the big old car dealership middle of the USA. Believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. All right, this is a double play here. First, you got Daniel Harwitz, the great Daniel Harwitz over the blaze. Saying the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution gives every American the right to be secure in their persons. None of this. From testing, masking to injections could ever be constitutional. I've said this from day one, yet nearly every Republican allowed the scorpion on our backs. Well, U.S. Representative Thomas Massey responded. He said, we are 100 weeks, two presidents, $7 trillion, three jabs, and a shredded constitution into slowing the spread. Wow. U.S. Representative Thomas Massey goes on and says, Democrats prefer to govern by dictate. They control the legislative branch, but have chosen to implement all COVID mandates through executive order rather than by law. Democrats have full command and control over the bureaucracies. Even when Republicans are elected to power, Republicans are fools for funding and even growing the bureaucracies when they have the elected authority to reduce them. That's truth. That's truth, y'all. Nothing but the truth. Thank you again to Red River Your Way for sponsoring our tweet of the day each day. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the United States of America that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, or van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to have delivered to your front door. Anywhere in the Constitution, pardon me, in the, in the continental United States. I'm sorry, it's it's real late, and I'm real tired. Um, wow. Thehill.com. Republican representatives call for release of security footage amid allegations of reconnaissance tours. What? Republicans on the House Administration Committee are asking for the release of Capitol security footage from January 5th last year as a way to answer lingering questions over whether some Republican lawmakers led reconnaissance tours shortly before the deadly riot. A letter from Representative Rodney Rodney Davis, Republican, Illinois, 
The committee's ranking member says that Republicans themselves have reviewed the videos from that time period, finding no footage of large group tours. He wrote in a letter obtained by The Hill, we have reviewed the security footage from the Capitol complex during the relevant period preceding January 6, 2021, and we know it does not support these repeated Democrat accusations about so-called reconnaissance tours. Okay, wait, wait. So wait, let me make sure I understand. Democrats are lying again? They're lying again? Wow. Wow. How about that? How about that? Yes, indeed. Somebody just said I need uh, somebody on the Podbean app. I can't believe how many people are on the Podbean app at 2.30 in the morning Central Time. Somebody says I need a good lawyer right now. Crimes against humanity have been done to me. Well, call uh, call my buddy. See if he can help you out. Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N. In Arkansas, 501-943-4195. Wow. Janie W. says Democrats either lie or they don't answer. Going back to Chip Roy, congressman from Texas. He says, know this, the goal of Mitch McConnell and Senate Republican leadership was to get the funding bill across the line regardless of the outcome of the vaccine mandate vote. And thus, it was kabuki theater. For them, it's process over freedom. Hashtag defund vax mandates. Wow, 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 wow. No, no, I got a little bit more. He says, note to America, take 60 votes to pass this funding bill. Any Republican voting for it is voting to fund vaccine mandates, forcing you, the people, to lose your job. There's no cover for it. Watch the votes. And then he said, word on the street, Senate Republican leadership was coordinating with Schumer and giving green light when votes could occur. This is all staged. What you see is all a show. You will have to take back America yourselves. You cannot count on GOP so-called leadership. So-called leadership. Four senators failed to even show up, ensuring failure, ensuring the vaccine mandate gets funded. The four senators, Breitbart has it, who didn't show up. See, the Senate voted on Utah Senator Mike Lee's amendment to the continuing resolution, which would defund Biden's remaining vaccine mandates. The measure failed 46 to 47 with Senators Mitt Romney, Utah, Jim Inhofe, Oklahoma, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, and Richard Burr, North Carolina, failing to even show up, depriving Senate Republicans of a potential majority to pass the amendment to the continuing resolution. They're bad guys, by the way. They're bad guys. Just so you know. Mike Lee says federal vaccine mandates are immoral. Let's hear what he has to say. Mr. President, vaccine mandates are morally wrong, and they're wildly unpopular. Millions of Americans 
are still required by this federal mandate to be vaccinated or lose their jobs. The people's elected lawmakers here in Congress haven't instituted these mandates. No, there's no federal law putting them in place. President Biden and his bureaucrats are just treading deeply into the personal medical choices of Americans without an act of Congress authorizing them to do so. Now, Congress has the chance to make these millions of voices across America be heard. That is, after all, our job, our sole job, is to make federal law, to give voice to those who elected us. We can state clearly, boldly, decisively today that federal vaccine mandates do not belong in the United States of America. We can stand for millions of vulnerable Americans who just want to go to work so that they have the chance simply to put food on the table for their families. That's not too much to ask. The pandemic is waning. And it's waning just as our economic problems are just beginning. If we want to control the high price of everything, a lack of availability that comes with the related supply chain crisis, and keep the American economy moving, we must stand against these illegal, immoral, unconstitutional mandates. Look, the American people are sick and tired of the federal government micromanaging every minute detail of their lives. They're exhausted from the mandates and from the bureaucrats who they didn't vote for and never could vote for and never would vote for. The brave men and women of our military, the federal workers, the federal contractors, people who work for federal contractors, even a subdivision of a federal contractor that doesn't actually provide any federal contract work along with medical professionals. All these workers across every part of our great land who were sucked up into this mandate. They all deserve better than pink slips and boots out the door simply for making their own medical choices. And so, Mr. President, I, I implore my colleagues with the all, all, all the urgency I, I'm capable of communicating to stand up for American workers, stand up for our economy, stand up for freedom, and vote to withhold funding from these unconstitutional mandates. It's quite significant that the very first clause of the very first section of the very first article of the Constitution says that all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and a House of Representatives. It matters that this clause comes first before everything else. And the reason it matters is because it's there to remind us something. The most dangerous power within our federal government is not with the judiciary, it is not with the executive branch, it's right here. It's in this branch because we have the power to prescribe law. We have the power within our federal government to provide what should be, what the law says, what people have to do. That's why the founding fathers were careful not to entrust it to any branch of government other than this one. 
Not because those who would occupy these positions would necessarily be any wiser, any brighter, any inherently more cautious than everyone else, except in one critical respect. This is the branch of the federal government most accountable to the people at the most regular intervals. You can fire every member of the House every two years. You can fire one-third of us every two years. We are the branch that's accountable, and that's why we've been given the most dangerous power within government, the power to make federal law. How, then, does this relate to illegal, unconstitutional, immoral, and wildly unpopular vaccine mandates? Well, it matters because that's an exercise of federal law. It's an exercise of federal law that Congress never enacted. They've arrogated to themselves within the executive branch authority that they do not have based on a contrivance, based on a tortured, butchered manipulation of statutory text that doesn't tell people that they've got to choose between getting an unwanted medical procedure and unemployed unemployment, unemployment in a context that's likely to lead to unemployability. And indeed, it was designed to do that. We know that because those who put these policies in place have told us as much. Look, everybody's been through a lot in the last two years. Democrats, Republicans alike. This virus has been no respecter of persons, of red states and of blue states. Just the same, Mr. President, the American people understand that we're ready to move on. We're ready to not have government dictating every aspect of our lives. COVID is no excuse for a government to do something that is categorically immoral. It's no excuse to do something that we all know is wrong. We would never justify anyone in rendering a threat against their friend, their neighbor, their employee, that if you don't bow, if you don't defer to presidential medical orthodoxy, I'm going to make you lose your job and make it impossible for you to put bread on the table for your children. No sane, moral, decent person would do that. We must not allow that to do that. We must never allow the executive branch of government to exercise authority that they don't have because we didn't give it to them, and they could never have it because the Constitution doesn't allow it. We've got the chance right now to bring together red states and blue states alike. Because remember, it's not just red states anymore that are ditching these kinds of draconian measures within their own state government systems. No, it's blue states, left and right. Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Illinois. Many, many more blue states are joining the number of red states that have made this decision. Enough is enough. It's time for us to live our lives. I encourage my colleagues to vote yes on my amendment number 4929, and let America work again. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President. Okay, so um, it might have worked. Now, that that was profound. It might have worked if Mike Lee's fellow senator from Utah, Mitt Romney, actually showed up for the vote, if Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma actually showed up for the vote, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, Richard Burr, North Carolina, it might have worked. It might have worked. But uh, they didn't care. They, they don't care if people lose their jobs. I lost mine. Because I refused the jab. God closes one door, he opens another. But I just uh, thought I should share that with you.
All righty. Again, uh, appreciate it if you take a look at electdocwashburn.com because I'm running for governor and I'm in it to win it. That having been said, you've been listening to the 91st episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed in the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers. They love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Saturday, February 19th, 2022.